0: Okay, fine, but is it true? Yes. Okay, and is it also true that one of the other effects can be paranoia? Yes, but you would—I okay.
1: mean, again, you would have to have like the all of it—the whole bottle, it. the whole and bottle—and it would never, even if all of
0: us took a bottle each, it would never create a mass hallucination. I'm not a criminal. I it mean, would be a nice conclusion, right? It's a much better conclusion. Would this we be have. great if we were well, hallucinating? Well, it's not the explanation. Hello, listening people. Hello. Hello, Bartek. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Ryan, that's you. How are you doing? Ooh. Spooky. <laughs> oh, I doxed your name. Ooh, I spooked your soul and I doxed your house.
1: And oh, no. What's the,
0: what's the third creepy thing I can do to you? Um. Wish uh, your mother happy birthday? Well, happy birthday, Bartek's mom. It's sometime in October. Happy birthday. I, I, wait, hold on. What's hold on. Oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't oh, think no. it. I thought it was going to be
1: it... the day of this episode coming up. It's the day
0: after. It's... <laughs> what were the first
1: two things you said? Did you say curse?
0: Uh, Spooky, uh, curse. Yes. I said a bunch of things. Um, uh, Seance. Possess me. Okay. Okay. We are here on our podcast known as Spit and Polish Presents. It's known as that in this dimension, but in other dimensions, it's got a variety of different names, such as Pictures Pow No, wait, here, that's that's the podcast in which we talk about a movie that's come recommended, but maybe in an alternative universe, the Spit and Polish part is the show in which we talk about a movie that's recommended, but only from spitting gentlemen or polish directors and that's it that's all we do we would be the number one polish podcast in that universe and then there's
1: another reality where we're american and we do a podcast about uh keanu reeves and it's called pictures Pow whoa
0: <laughs> that's yeah whoa yeah yeah that works or wow if you're owen wilson Mm. Uh, wow.
1: Yeah. We both wake up in the morning and, you know, we get ready for the podcast and get excited. This morning before I left, I picked up a table tennis racket and I put it down. Then I came here. Don't know why I said that. That was random.
0: That was scary. And October is that that time of year in which we not only started the podcast all of those years ago, but it is also that, that era of the, of the year in which everything goes upside down and inside out and, and, and just... Oh, there's No, that was Potema Inverted. They <laughs> didn't go inside out. Well, they uh, went upside down. Could you imagine the anime where the love story is they're both inside out? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Simpsons episode, that Treehouse of Horror one where they go inside out. Like, they, they, they flip is that, inwards. Is that the one where
1: that? at the very end they start singing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're talking about spooky movies because in October it is spooky month. And we have a cycle of recommendation. I actually kicked off the spooky month. Then it was followed up by the listening people. And now it has landed on Bartek. Bartek, you recommended a movie. So could you please tell everyone what film you recommended and give them a little, little sales pitch on it before we go into detail?
1: My sole recommendation for Spooky Month 2023 is the 2013 film, Coherence. I paused there because I was about to say incoherence again. Don't do it. Do it. I didn't do it. Never do it. That's scary to do that. Don't do That's it. That's why don't, I didn't do it.
0: Don't say it. Don't think it. Well, now we
1: know what Ryan's recommending next week, but we've got to do this episode first, Ryan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what is Oh, yes. Coherence. Process.
1: So, Coherence is a film- that uh, begins with eight friends going over to one of their one of the members or two of the members' house for just a dinner party, you know, just nice little get together, have dinner, have a chat, and it is on the night of a comet that is flying over I guess Earth or like where they
0: are. I would hope it's Earth. <laughs> if they reveal that this was actually on Venus, then that would have been a grand or that would have been potem yes. inverted <laughs> then. <laughs> yeah, that would
1: have inverted my expectations. No, I was thinking like, oh, the country or the continent or somewhere else, but then I said the planet. Um, and things start slowly getting a little bit weird, like the, the lights go out and it's all over the neighborhood, but there's this one house out there with the lights on. And as soon as they start to investigate, like, what's up with that house? Things start getting weird at the house that they're at and... uh a big part of the mystery, because obviously, you know, we're doing this in spooky months, so there is a horror element, is just working out what the horror element actually is. Um, and paranoia ensues.
0: This is a lower budget film. It is one that you would say is very much uh, a bottle film. It's very it's pretty much in this one house, and maybe you see the outside once in a while, but it is. Uh, A very small cast of characters, eight people, they bicker back and forth, we get to know them along the course of the journey as things begin to unravel. And that is Coherence. Check it out for yourself. We recommend that you give it a watch because we are going to get into the into the nuts and bolts of it, into the nitty-gritty. And this film has quite a lot yeah. to sink one's teeth into. And so go check it for yourself. 2013, Coherence. Now... In terms of history, I have never heard of this movie before. It's never come across my radar, I thought. Perhaps once I got my hands on a copy and, and started to watch it, uh, a plot point or a name involved... Oh, it's involved. This film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, not a thing. Not a thing came to me. There was one cast member I knew from something, and that was about it. Uh, the one who plays Mike... The, the alcoholic. He's like the Buffy guy? He's from Buffy. Yeah, he's Xander from Buffy, which when we did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the film, that role was played by Luke Perry as Pike. Okay. Because the joke is that, that 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 character's named a fish each time for whatever iteration so it's like in the buffy film it's still in continuity of the show but not really Mm. uh and so when she eventually moves over to where she does in the tv show she has new friends that just also have like ones named willow while her other friend was named uh, rose or something like you get it yeah
1: they've got like similar thematic friendship group names
0: and uh yes this actor was xander one of the main characters of buffy and not a very popular character i mean oh, okay. he kind <laughs> of is it depends who you talk to but he's he's the fuck boy of the show like he's a prick like i, he, I remember he's in... he's, 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 a, he's a joss whedon male character that's all you need to know okay i remember in
1: year 11 uh, media studies class where we did a the big topic was vampires we watched a bunch of vampire films uh, we watched one episode of Buffy that had Dracula in it, and I think the Xander character played, like, the Renfield role in that. Nice.
0: Yeah, that I could believe that. But I, I knew nothing. I didn't know what type of horror we were going to get. And just to peek a bit beneath uh, behind the curtain in terms of my experience, once it presented itself as this is a story following a bunch of rich, unlikable assholes, and things start to go bad for them... I kind of mapped out what this could be because of that. There are certain films like this that I am aware of or I've seen before. In fact, there was a Christmas uh, apocalypse movie a few years back with Kira Knightley in which it was very much the same premise of a bunch of rich assholes are meeting up for Christmas because a comet, a meteor, is heading towards Earth and it's their last Christmas. And it's just spending time with a bunch of arrogant people as they slowly begin to lose their faculties their etiquette their minds and coherence to give it some credit it goes and it really goes for for the 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 genre trappings that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting more of a slasher affair, maybe more of a, a monster rather than what is a, a science fiction film. Mm. Uh, coherence is your recommendation, so please tell us all about uh, your history with this, how you found this film, what you knew beforehand, have you seen it before even?
1: So my history is not too dissimilar from yours, but obviously I had to find out about it to recommend it. Um, I was, I, I've mentioned before in the last couple of episodes that like horror month, a uh, spooky month, you know, it's one that I struggle with because I just need to, you know, pick something that would be worthwhile. And sometimes I end up picking something that like, oh yeah, I remember this being all right. So like last year we did Friday the 13th because I remembered it being, you know, kind of funny. And then we watched it and it was kind of air. Eh. Um, and I did have a film picked out, which, I, to be fair, is an acclaimed film, but, you know, wasn't one that, like, was really inspiring. Like, oh, yeah, I'm picking this one. Um, and I started to think to myself, especially since, you know, the first films that we did of this spooky month were both slow, atmospheric, horror kind of things. It got me thinking about other types of spooky month films that we've done in the past that didn't, you know... Uh, appeal to me as much and i thought like well what do i look for in horror because even though i haven't seen as many uh horror films uh that i've loved i have read a number of like horror-esque manga and i was like okay well i i really enjoy those kind of stories what if i try to find a film that has some elements from the kind of stuff that i do like in these manga and i think i i'm forgetting exactly which elements but i was like looking into like mystery elements of psychology. Like, normal people suddenly getting thrust into a crazy situation. I forget exactly which elements I was Googling, um, but I did manage to find a couple of, like, Reddit threads of people recommending films with these kind of uh, genre or tags to them. And consistently, I would see that uh, Coherence was listed in them. Like, the first time I saw someone just singled out, like, oh, you want to watch Coherence. Someone else did a list and there was Coherence there. Um, I looked it up, I saw like the like first sentence on Wikipedia had like, you know, surreal psychological horror improvised. I'm like, oh, that's intriguing. Um, and I assumed, like, oh, maybe Ryan might know something about this. So when you said last week that you hadn't heard of it, I'm like, oh, so this is really like a out-of-the-box pick. And I was even kind of concerned, like, oh, what if that was like a really, you know, niche recommendation from these people and it's not going to end up being very good? So I was a little bit hesitant, but yeah, watching it, seeing it unfold, uh, it's actually quite surprising. Like, wow, I can't believe more people don't talk about this one.
0: I imagine because it is uh, an independent movie with a relatively small budget, a pretty small budget. I don't even think it. I think it was like fifty thousand American. I think. Yeah, and and like the crew was like five like-
1: people, which is like half the cast.
0: Yeah, and it's filmed at the director's house. Yeah, over
1: five days. <laughs> because
0: his wife was pregnant and she was wanting to give a home birth. Yeah, there's a lot of fascinating behind-the-scenes details that you could make into a documentary, and it oh, would yeah. be equally as compelling as as the movie itself. I could clock immediately that this was a low-budget film, <laughs> just because of the resolution, the way that the camera was held, uh, uh, just... I don't know how to say it other than that. There's just a look and a texture to lower-budget films that you can just. It reminded immediately me a get. little,
1: little bit of Paranormal Activity, which is
0: famously low-budget. And uh, uh, and then I realised as I this is the thing, a lot of the things that are uh, in the behind the scenes I picked up on as I was watching the film that it was there was a lot of improvisation that there was not necessarily a focus on a main character until the time calls for it even though we do open up with the woman who is our main character it really plays even handed with a lot of the ensemble uh and the 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 fact that it it is hard to tell a lot of the characters apart from one another not just because of physical look but mentality-wise, they're all just arrogant pricks, uh, really goes into the mania that unfolds as we go along into the story of, it's actually hard to tell who anyone is. There's, You just throw it up in the air and say that the personhood of these characters is almost non-existent because of the spoiler alert. Again, if you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it. The multi-reality bending adventures that they're finding themselves in, the cascading of all of these different uh, versions of the same people, it, it really did lend credence to some of the niggling concerns I had in the beginning of not really understanding why that character is here and this one is here when they seem the same to me. You, I don't yeah, know if you I, had that concern.
1: I, I, I know when I finished the film and I was thinking back on, I was thinking like, oh yeah, it's a film about four girls and three guys at a party. And then I was like reading up and I was like, oh no, no, it was four guys as well. Yes, there mm-hmm. were, I was getting two of them mixed up. It was like the boyfriend and the actor guy.
0: Yeah, the the Xander from Buffy. Yeah, I um I had a good time with this. I I, I like it in concept more than in execution. Mm-hmm. This is one in which you could definitely see if the filmmaker or the creators behind this ever get the opportunity to. You know, get a bigger budget and to to strike again that this could be done uh, again. there's there's some shortcomings in it just because of those budgetary constraints, and I'm not going to hold the the feet of the movie against the flames for that. That's just how it is sometimes. But my biggest uh issue still with the movie is I wish I could could have liked anyone. Th- that's my problem. I, I didn't. Okay. Th- I didn't like a single person. I didn't like any of them. I-, I I didn't root for any of them. It was more about and and this is something very prevalent in science fiction, especially in books. And I know you aren't as as uh, well versed in sci-fi like I am, but in a lot of science fiction books, uh, some of the great sci-fi writers really don't have a care in the world for the characters. They are just a function. They are just a body to have the themes and ideas and maybe words shoot through. And it's more about the concepts. It's more about the themes. It's more about these headier ideas of the genre. And I think coherence does fall into that. I think the characters are there. Uh, to elicit emotions, to uh, provoke thought, but they aren't there to be people in their own right. Not to me, at least. I, I found them too, uh, too one-dimensional in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so when things fell apart for them, I didn't really care. Well, say, another example of this is The Thing, in which you have a group of people isolated in one location with a crazy sci-fi concept chasing them about, that, that, that cast of characters were memorable and likable and had their unique things to them. Kurt Russell in that movie is a very memorable performance and character McCready's great. And I'm not going to say that this film is the thing, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And I just that is that is the the biggest knock against the film in my eyes is this wanted to focus more on those uh brilliant sci-fi concepts and less about the people that we are seeing in that and that happens a lot with horror movies too like i haven't watched many of the saw films but that's the saw movies the characters exist so that you can see the horror premise play out Mm. how did you feel i guess we kind
1: of had that a little bit with cube last year but i think they were a bit stronger there like we Uh, had the cop guy yeah i thought about cube as
0: well actually and I was thinking about like, man, I liked Cube in terms of like our characters' dynamics to one another, like mm. uh, uh, Dax from Deep Space Nine, like the nerdy girl with the glasses and all of that. And so how did you feel about coherence on, on a bigger scale and even some of the stuff I've said?
1: Uh, I I enjoyed it quite a lot, actually. Um, In terms of what you were talking about with the likability of our main characters, uh, I agree in some places, disagree in others, when they're first introduced- it wasn't so much that I had a sense of, like, oh, I really like these characters, I want to follow them. It's more so that I was engrossed in the fact that, like, oh, yeah, I can buy sort of this friendship group. Like, I can tell all these guys have history together. I can tell that there's the one character who's, like, kind of the outsider that only, like, two of them have really known, and so there's going to be an awkward dynamic. Um, So I I at least bought them as, like, believable, realistic people, even though, you know, they they do have sort of, like, a asshole ish uh, horror conventional character archetypal things going on. I did at least buy them for the most part as like believable friendship group. Um, Definitely as the film went along and we started being introduced to like the quantum physics stuff and them trying to uh, piece everything together, it started to feel a bit more like, okay, even though this is improvised, it does feel a little bit more narrative like it feels more like okay they they working all this out i don't i don't buy that these guys would immediately be able to piece all this together but you know we have a movie to get through um but yeah the the i use i use the word earlier paranoia the the paranoia that was going on in this film of these characters just being scared in a situation they don't understand that was really appealing to me um i didn't know exactly which concepts or you know what the 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 threat of the film was going to be um, So I was with them in terms of, like, trying to piece everything together. Um, When they discover new information and they grasp onto that, like, oh, yes, so w- if we see the blue glow lights, that means it's us. If it's red, it means it's them. You know, I was with them on that. And then when that ended up being, like, a moot point, because, spoiler, there's infinite realities, there's a bit of despair came from that. Yeah, I was really, really on board with a lot of this film.
0: Yeah, I didn't doubt that they were a real, real friendship group. It's more about we are spending time with these people, thrust into an existential quandary, mm. and they are rich, arrogant, nonplussed assholes, and I don't. There are some times where it glimpses into seeing those characters actually challenged existentially. Mike was probably the most compelling when it came to that. We got to see him unravel as it went along, in the most overt sense, and of course M, our main character, similar for her too. But the rest of them they, they they just kind of, as you said they they very much entered narrative mode and as we say in the in the sci-fi field they they became experts in techno babble. I don't know how they became yeah. experts in techno babble, <laughs> but boy, oh boy did they I, at least it would have been great if Mike whose character was he was the lead in a science fiction television show, if he was the one who had some little hints of... But he makes it very clear that he doesn't know a single fucking thing. He's just an actor. He doesn't know what any of it means, which is a funny joke, but it it makes it weird when, uh, like, other characters do. I, um... I, 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 um... So, th- some positives to go into to positives. I really like the ambience of this. The, the atmosphere was very well done. It being in a real person's house made it feel genuine and authentic. And we got a good sense of geography for the house as well. Mm-hmm. We obviously got a bit of a tour of it. We got that one woman who was all talking about the feng shui and, and all of that. And, ooh, this is a void of negativity and whatever she said. All of that hippy-dippy nonsense. Yeah, the hippy character that with the drugs there was a lot of setups and payoffs as well clearly with with stuff like the drugs or or the ring thing going on we with had a lot of character there was a lot of attention to detail we to had a those. lot of
1: yeah thematic lines even before things unraveled where it was like oh i love that show who are you i was the main character yeah you were a yoga instructor right like no are you sure no i'm not a yoga instructor it's like you know already their memories are uh, the, the fact that they're remembering things or misremembering things is already at the forefront there, and it builds off of that. Um, we have that one exchange in the kitchen early on where it's like, "Oh, where'd you buy this thing?" It's like, "I bought it here." And then that l- conversation happens again later on. And it's like, "Oh, what's going on here?"
0: There's a uh, there's with the 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 conversations uh, about the strange events, the differences of opinion. And the differences of memory really hit hard because we even get a hint of things to come with our main character's phone getting bad reception and then eventually breaking. And then another character's phone breaks and that becomes a sign that when they talk to him later, that it's a different version of him because his phone is completely yeah. fine.
1: And we get we also had the um, recollections of like, oh, I've read stories about comets before.
0: And... Uh, and and and, yeah, I remember it like this. no, I remember it like that and 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 with how trippy this is, you you begin to look back and go, "Oh, did they misremember that because they're from a different universe in that moment, or is it just human just the human condition we can't get all of the details correct and I just I like that that there was something that's mm. really playful about this because I think coherence as a film is one that is Demanding you to think about it and to give it a rewatch at some point. It oh Wants yeah. you to grab this Rubik's cube and slide around all of the pieces until you get a a, uh, a clearer understanding of how this all went down. And even then, there's no promise that there will be that because by design, it's supposed to be uh, hard to grasp. And they they, they even, really great.
1: they have an analogy partway through where it's like, oh, when. When you're swapping the reality, it is a roulette wheel. There is no guarantee that it will be, you know, where you want to go.
0: And then we get the horror aspects of it. It begins very quickly with the classic lights are going out and the rest of the street is basically gone. And there's this one house that's across the way that looks like theirs and doppelgangers and different versions and people who are screwing over others. And I was actually genuinely surprised that it didn't break out into murderous violence as, uh, as I was expecting, because at the end, our main character says, fuck it. And she goes to all of these different realities, different houses and checks what's going on. And we see a glimpse of honestly, what feels like different versions of this film's premise playing out. Like, the ones who have murdered some people, the ones who have them tied up and interrogating them, the ones who are begging for help. Like, we see all of the classic uh, horror movie tropes and cliches play out, but in other houses. Yeah,
1: so the idea is that because there are infinite realities, infinite versions of this story are being played out in these various dimensions.
0: Uh, Did that work for you in terms of we are following a house that isn't really abiding by the horror aspects of what this story could lend itself to? A lot of it is them reacting to strange occurrences and messages rather than uh, killing one another or grabbing one of them and tying them hostage and demanding answers and creepy, creepy, creepy.
1: I did like that there was a very big focus on... You know, getting back to that whole notion of, like, oh, they're suddenly experts in techno babble, or suddenly they, you know, have a high degree of being able to think about their situation. There was a lot of discussion about, like, well, how do we approach this thing? Like, should we go over there and, like, kill them? Should we go over there and steal this object so that they can't use it against us? Can we talk to them? Can we talk to them? Uh, Should we try to blackmail them? Um, and there there were points where they stopped and were thinking, like, okay, what are some other explanations? Like, sorry if this is offensive, but like, you know, did you spike the food and are we all hallucinating here? And one of the characters even says something like, Wouldn't that be such a great ending for all just hallucinating? Like, that's a bad thing, but like that just means nothing's going wrong and we can just chill out and let the morning come?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of theorizing.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, like if you Isolate the fact you isolate every single element. The only supernatural thing is that if you go into the dark out there, you'll end up in another world. If everyone literally just stays put, all you have is like a power outage. And That's like,
0: what happens to two of the characters, yeah. right? They say they've never left this house, so they're the original owners. And then our main character invades another house that never left. They may have went outside, but they never went into the void. Yeah. And she takes the place of that M yeah, instead. So you,
1: so you have this element of like characters you know, thinking of their situation through, wanting to, you know... They're trying to be smart about it, but then also going too far and because they've, you know, done so many things to muck up, you know, their reality and also other people's realities, there is a problem. And then, yeah, you have that really poetic note where when she's, like, cycling through the random realities until she just gets to a happy one, it's like, oh yeah, if everyone was just like this, nothing would have happened.
0: I want to go over some of the scenes or moments that did haunt us or give us that spooky creepiness because we, this is spooky month. And for me, the standout moment was when M was at her car grabbing the ring. She put on her ring and she's talking to her boyfriend Uh, and she's talking to her partner like, hey, this is happening. Hey, what about this ring? You remember this? And 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 they both slowly realize that they're not from the same reality. And mm. they just both go eerily quiet and slowly step away from each other. But they hugged just a moment before. Just, I really liked that. That, that was a was, great one. That was the moment. Because in the other scenes, I was wondering, why aren't they talking to each other? Just talk to each other. I would. And the characters did that bullshit thing where they said, I know me. I wouldn't want to talk to the other. Ver-. And I'm like... Oh, pfft. All eight people are like that? Give me a break. Well,
1: some of the other ones were saying, like, oh, well, we shouldn't do this because I know me and I would not react well to this thing. I would react better to doing this thing. I think it was the really tall guy said something like that. Yeah,
0: he gave the notes, which then became a recurring uh, motif for them uh, and a sign of the different realities. I like that scene where she is with the alternate version of her boyfriend because he doesn't understand... This moment of infidelity that went on, and 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 she knew she knew there must be something. I I really enjoyed that. That was a great moment. Was there any others for you yeah, in the was, film?
1: That was a good one. Yeah, because shortly before that, that was the moment where she's like, "Oh, Beth said that she saw you with, you know, Laurie. Like something going on. She's like this is not the time." And then you have that moment, and you know he doesn't know what's going on. and He's trying to ask her about things she doesn't know. And yeah, I remember that moment also worked because we still didn't have a full clear idea of like what is going on in, quote, the other house. You know, we still think there's one there. It's like, are they literally just copies of us or are they like, you know, malicious demons who are trying to trick us or something like that. So that was a moment there where it's like oh you know they're slowly backing away but are they going to pounce at each other in a moment?
0: There was also a play of is this uh instead of alternate realities is this a time loopy thing? Is this mm. this different time stuff happening? Because they do show that they have a box of red glow sticks and it's like oh will they have to eventually open those? And that's how they, uh, as it goes along, you're trying to figure out all of the different sci-fi alternatives that this could be. And
1: then there are a lot of, yeah, coincidences that happen early on. Like the note appears on their door, like right as he's written his version of it. Um, it, And yeah, it's just asking all these questions. And like, as the film's going on, you're crossing off, you know, no longer possible answers. Uh, One moment that I had, and this was kind of, this is like right near the end. Um, in terms of spooky moments or, like, just dark moments, is uh, it's related to her leaving the house at the end. So she just had the, the conversation with her boyfriend where he comments, like, you know, we always think that maybe there's a dark version of ourselves out there. What if we're the dark versions? And then a bunch of chaos ensues where, like, oh, blood got on this girl. She's freaking out, and they're all kind of panicking. And our main character just quietly leaving... And mm-hmm. you know, you know, you you know, you don't quite. She didn't like vocalize why she's doing it like that, and you slowly start to realize, like, oh, she is giving up mm-hmm. on her present situation. And I found that to be really creepy. Like, you, these are your friends here, and you're just giving up on. But most them of to, them
0: aren't her friends. Well, most, most, but like most of them are from different realities. She's realized, oh, this one is, and this one, but like most of them, and it's like fuck it. At this point, we've already fucked it up. I've already lost a majority of them.
1: True, but I think there was established that like two or three of them were still the original ones because she was always with them, I think.
0: But then also they were in someone else's house. Yeah. And yeah, it, but again. It, it, she
1: herself has only switched to one other house, so yeah, she's already not in the original one. But still, you know, just getting away and trying to start fresh, I found that to be like kind of a, just an unsettling thing.
0: I- I also, to go back to the car scene, it also mirrors when she kills or attacks, I should say, the version of herself in the car, because it is a repetition of that scene of her going to the car, getting the ring, but at this time, instead of the knock at the window being her loving boyfriend, it's herself attacking herself, and it was just... Uh, A classic doppelganger creepy thing, but- uh, And it's also
1: a repeat of- there was one mystery recurring throughout the film of, like, whenever the glass on the car would shatter, Mm. and, like, at some point, it's like, oh, okay, in this reality, the, the really big guy is the one that shattered it, but then in this final one, it was like, she did it.
0: And why? And the other moment that was set up, and then it paid off, is Mike- being really upset at the idea that there's going to be a drunk version of him out there who will come in here and and do horrible things because he knows that's him and then that happens that's how all of this chaos really erupts near the end is uh, a version of mike has just walked in drunk beats the fuck out of the other one possibly even kills him like it's a really bad uh, fight that goes on and just leaves just just doesn't even want to stay he just he just walks back into the void of of different dimensions and it, it it was a clear thing that they were going to pay off, but it was still an effective beat of the story because Mike is the one... He's the horror movie character that you say, don't do that. Don't do that. They say that to him. Don't send the letter. That's stupid. That's a bad idea. And then it comes to bite a version of him we are spending time with because he is a, he's a little thing too. He goes away to do that. An, an, a version of him comes back and he's like hey i've been gone for 5 minutes and and he's been told no no you've been gone for 45 minutes and it's because it's a different mike and so when the letter arrives at the like arrives for that character is it another version of mike that gave him the, the letter or the one that we saw to go off to give that letter mm. who knows but it's still great. It's still it's a, it's a, a fear moment. of
1: it's a fear of the unknown movie where even once you like know what's going on, you still can't for sure have the answer of like okay, but this is the one that started off with these characters.
0: It's always a comet, isn't it? In in sci-fi, like like uh, in Night of the Living Dead, right? Night of the Dead, right? Like um, it's a comet that goes over. I'm pretty sure that makes the dead reanimate. and The it, 60s film? Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sh- Am I wrong?
1: No, I'm laughing because you remember how I said earlier that I had a film that I was going to go with? Yeah. I think it was that film. <laughs>
0: well, that's funny. You yeah. think? But you bring it, it up. like I'm, I'm I'm it's a classic. It's they they mention historical events of of strangeness that comes with a celestial body going near the earth and it, I think, it, they, it, I think it's there is, a classic.
1: Yeah, like there is there, I think there is also a HP Lovecraft thing related to Cthulhu that had a comet. You think? I think so.
0: Do you know so? No. You are not a HP Lovecraft fan? Do you even know what the P stands for?
1: I don't know what the H
0: stands for. Exactly. Do you know his cat's name? Yeah. <laughs> we can't say it on the podcast. Well, we can, but we won't. If you don't want me to. If we don't want <laughs> you to. Uh, I think there was an
1: adventure game called like Shadow of the Comet that was like based on H.P. Lovecraft.
0: I'm trying to think of other elements of the movie outside of getting into like the the time ty- like the 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 multi reality weirdness weirdness stuff. Uh okay, this book that they have.
1: Oh yeah! Oh right, the hold the brother.
0: What the fuck was that, man? <laughs> like that's the thing. I want to give this movie credit for being smart because it goes out of its way to have these really intricate, elaborate, uh, multi-reality things. But the means for us and the characters to get there are so 101 sloppily handled. Oh, my brother, he's this genius. Is he a scientist? No, not really. (laughs) Either way, uh, there's this line. I can't, I don't, I don't remember the line, but they said like, oh, there's a book in the car written by his brother. Oh, do you think it will help us out? Well, I mean, the chances are it would. The fuck off like i think you yeah, well, could have written a book about birds with like it, it yeah, really annoys they, me they were
1: they were going for a thing because they established the brother early on had told the really big guy uh you know if if something strange happens when this comet's flying over make sure you call me and stay put and that's like just a really weird thing to have said you know early on in the film when it's everything's still
0: could you imagine if your brother did that in yeah, real
1: life I don't have to because I just watched a movie where this happened to these guys and they all react like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, nothing weird has happened yet. That's a really ominous, like, oh, we're suddenly in a movie kind of line to throw out. Um, And then you have that sort of connection in your head, like, okay, brother is associated to knowledge of, you know, craziness around Comet. Uh, suddenly there's this object in the car that, like, oh, it needs to be sent to the brother, but hasn't. Maybe there's going to be some information there. And so, like, movie logic-wise, it's like, okay, something in there did help. But then he reads the title. I can't remember what the title was, and it just seemed, it seemed like a thing of, like, oh, yeah, that's not going to help. But then he finds the notes inside. It's like, oh, okay, the book doesn't matter. It's the notes.
0: I just, yeah, it annoyed me. Yeah. There's just certain things in this in this, where it takes the easy, it takes the easy road instead of the more nuanced one. With the book, it's like, oh yeah, we have the MacGuffin. It's like a in 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 horror movie slash sci-fi. There's a, now a trend of if you have an an army, an army, a horde of of of, of monsters or creatures. If you kill the queen, they all die. It's like it, ants. But that's not how ants work, you know. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's but point. like
0: you've seen it. We've we watched a couple of movies with that trope in it. It's like, oh, if you kill the big one, they all just keel over and die. And yeah. it's like, it's a trope, and and it's lazy. But I feel like this movie has like that kind of easy writing where it's like, oh, if we have the the Necronomicon, basically. It will give us all the answers to the, the spooky thing. The thing is, the Necronomicon in Evil Dead is like an ancient evil book that's in this cabin, and then they can refer to it. This is just like, by happenstance, my brother, who is not a scientist, by the way, uh, he just wrote this the these notes that are awfully convenient for our predicament, and he is a crazy thing. I, and I know it's because they only have a limited amount of cast that they can have in this, but... We never saw a reality where other people attended the party. Like, maybe there's a reality where his brother went to the party. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, never got, yeah. we never got that.
1: that I, yeah, did play with it a little bit where you know the different events unfolded, but it all revolved around the same cast.
0: It's not bad. Like, it works for what it is, and you mm. have to keep it simplistic. It's not like we're going to see a dimension where they have uh, hooks for hands or some bullshit like that. It's all fairly grounded to what we've already started with. Hence, she could go into a different version of a reality and try and fit in. We'll only have the most minor, for, for minor most, differences.
1: For most of the film, I was actually thinking that there would be, like, a, a divergence point. So, like, let's say, like, the first ten minutes of the film that we watched is, like, literally what happened in every single reality. Um, But then, yeah, you do start to get information, like, oh, when as soon as they went back inside the house for the first time, the glass was broken, so something already had happened there. And then also the thing I mentioned before about, like, oh, was he in Roswell in the show, or was she a yoga instructor? So, yeah, it kind of falls... It it kind of, yeah, makes it a little less believable that it's always the same cast. But again, yeah, low budget, I think.
0: But it also does this thing that I haven't seen as often, which is, although they're different realities, they're not all from the same time. Because at the end, she goes to a reality in which the Comet stuff is only just starting. Yeah. I think that's cool. Like, I haven't seen that type of angle to it, because... It may be a wrinkle too much, but I I found it great in in relation to this. Hence, they're not it, all parallel. They're not. Yeah, yeah. Hence, the note came earlier. Hence, the car breaking in stuff the, 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 Hence, for the, like the 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 the, the house like, that ping we ping pong paddle stuff.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, the house that we follow, they see like the photo stuff like from the other house really quickly, and it's right near the end of the film that they start to, you know, do it themselves, and and we realize what it all meant.
0: Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, there was no real music in the movie, not really. It, like, it all played it pretty stripped and bare. Uh, it was
1: very naturalistic through most of it.
0: Yeah, though edi- editing was very uh, strict, is how I would use it. Like, it would cut, hard cut and then start again. There was even, I would say there was one bad edit, mm. like, where it it hard cut to black and then it cut back in and it felt like it was a commercial break instead of like the the just cut break like they had they had before I can't remember which shot it was but there was just one where it felt like oh is this a commercial break I I did
1: read in the trivia cuz I did notice in the film there were some points where it cut to black for like a split second and that the director purposely did that at certain points through the film but he's never revealed why mm. and it's like has something to do with reality or something like that yeah so okay. there, there are still mysteries on top of mysteries i guess do
0: you believe that because i as someone who's worked on, on, on lower budget films especially ones that have had to use improvisation which this film did mm-hmm. i saw those edits as uh this is the best we could like this is what we can put together with the material of the scene, rather than uh, look. If he's genuine, if that's serious, great. I, I, I'll take it. But I don't believe that. <laughs> I because also like I knew it must be an improvised film when the main actress flubbed a line in the first scene where she had dialogue. I'm like, hey, she flubbed that line, and they kept going. And I'm like, oh, this must be. Not just low-budget, but they're, they're just saying things randomly. Okay. And then the editing made sense from there. It's like, oh, okay. So if you're having... We see this a lot, actually, with modern comedy films, in which it's like a scene exists and Will Ferrell will improvise 50 different takes, and they cobble it all together. And then it will just randomly edit to some other scene. That's how I felt with this. Not obviously in that comedy sense, but but in that in in another way. And I see what I, you're saying. I, I, yeah. If he's if he's serious, I'll take it. But I mm. I looked at it as like uh, this is the best way to string some of these improvised moments. I guess into I, one I, another. Yeah.
1: I guess I do want to give him the benefit of the doubt because when I was reading all the trivia about how you know it, it took him a year to, you know. They they say wrote the film, but basically come up with the scenario and how everything connects. I was really impressed reading all that. Like, wow. So, yeah, it's all really well thought out. I'd love to see, like, those notes and, like, how it all came together. I remember before I left to come here, um, I was Googling something about the film, and there's some website. It had Barry in the title. I can't remember what it was. Mm. Uh, did, like, a write-up about this film and did, like, a chart of, like, the events. I'm like, oh, actually, you know what? When you just look at this chart, for the first few seconds, it is overwhelming, but if you do look at it pretty slowly, like, yeah, this actually does follow the events that we saw in the film, um, it, it, I do buy that there's definitely thought put behind, and I would like to believe that those cuts, you know, have some pu- sort of purpose, but if it is just an excuse, then, you know, oh, you cheeky bugger. But I like the film, so even if it is an excuse, I'll, I'll give it to him.
0: <laughs> what do you make of the ending?
1: The ending. So
0: our main character goes to a seemingly nice reality, and she subdues a version of herself. She she drugs her with the psychedelic, uh, you know, one with drugs with ketamine, all of this crazy stuff, puts her in the boot of a car, and then oh, wouldn't you know it, she somehow got out, and I have to murder her now. And there's this whole uh, thing about the rings. There are two rings on the ground, and then mm. she passes out for some reason. Our main character just keels over. I, it does indicate in the other, like the reality she left, that the divergences take a physical toll on people who aren't from there. Because, like, one of the characters is bleeding from the nose profusely, oh, yeah, they're getting yeah. headaches. Like, they even debate. Will this be a case of our reality will crush all of the other ones once the comet happens? Mm. Or will it be that we all go back to our separate things? And if so, are we trapped here? And like, what does that mean? And at the end, she kills over and then she wakes up and everyone's fine. There's no reference to a dead body in the bathtub. None of that. References. Someone just left
1: the bathroom and they're completely cool. Yeah, yeah, they
0: just had a shower. Hey, how are you doing? Um, Then she goes out and, hey, it's the boyfriend. Hey, we found your ring in the bathroom. Here it is. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. It's from you. That's crazy. And then gives her this death stare. What do you make of all of that? On
1: paper, I like the fact that she tried to replace herself in a happy reality. Mm hmm um because it again it is a dark ending and it is an ending um and it also thematically ties in with a conversation at the beginning of the film where you know she was a dancer and uh, but then the russian dancer came in and took her place and then became her. and then someone else became the understudy and then the russian dancer left and the understudy had that place and they took your life so at the end she's doing a thing where she takes another version of herself's life Um, and you know, she, she has all the information, so she has the advantage there. Um, and I like the fact that also that it doesn't work out in the end, you know, it's another little dark twist, like, oh, you did not get your happy ending. It's a horror, it's a horror trope. I like that on paper, but the fact that the other version of her, the victim version just isn't getting killed and is getting away, it felt like a bit much, like Finish her off? Well. Or have her not be able to get away?
0: I thought she assumed that she did kill her by, like, fucking her up with a lot of drugs and putting her Mm. in the boot of the car. Here's here's where things get a little bit iffy. I have, one, never been on hallucinogenic drugs before, but I I can imagine that it, it does fuck with you, as they say in the film. Yes. Two, I have never been thrown into the boot of my car so i don't know how it is to escape from the boot from the inside yeah that's a good point yeah and if i was fucked up on drugs i think i would have a more difficult time and if i was fucked up and nearly strangled to death i would think i would have a more difficult time but she seemed to manage it just fine that's
1: what i mean like the fact that she isn't getting killed off is one thing but also getting away
0: and then she gets beaten to death with the 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 thing from the toilet she gets uh, Superman'd in Batman v Superman, where, yeah, where Batman grabs that piece of the toilet and beats Superman in the face with it. Um, I wonder if the main character at the end, like when she wakes up, is she in a different reality from that reality? I don't know, because I'm trying to make sense of like, no one's talking about the dead body in the bathroom. And if there's another version phoning up her boyfriend, like, what? Like, I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. it. I've only ever seen it this one time, so maybe there's clues and hints that I'm not seeing, but, like, I'm just trying to piece it together.
1: Honestly, Ryan, I'd probably be on your side a little bit more if you didn't bring up the fact that, like, you know, they people that switch realities pass out because that kind of makes you think, like, oh, yeah, she passed out there. But, yeah, again, it's just the whole convenience of, like, that body somehow being able to move around. And also the... Very simple fact of like you know it would be a good way to get rid of the body, mm-hmm. throw them in the dark.
0: Yeah, but she didn't <laughs> have that luxury. She didn't. No, but she she had to pretend to be this version of her, not get lost in the dark and hmm. lose herself into another reality, and also protect like not get caught by her <laughs> seven seven friends.
1: That's true, but also sh- she does have the advantage of the information. So like even if you know she just thrown the other version of her in the dark and they came and was like hey what are you doing it's like come up with any excuse they don't know about the supernatural stuff
0: yeah but i think that would be too <laughs> crazy i think you're thinking a little bit too much from like a, a like a movie reality I guess rather so. than reality reality i think her never having killed a person thinking that she did and just going uh uh i've thrown the boot of my car it'll be fine that's my car I get that. What I'm more struggling with, you're struggling with the body moving, like coming like her waking up and breaking and breaking free, and then her having to be killed, like like the version that was attacked. Yeah. Waking up. That's that's a struggle in itself. But I'm more struggling with what the ending means. Like, this there's there's a version of her phoning up the boyfriend. Is it the version that just had her? skull caved in by a toilet thing
1: that's how i took it yeah
0: i don't take it that way because like they would know that because she was in that bathroom
1: well she got away and then she called to where that's what i'm struggling with i don't
0: believe that (laughs) i just it's. i don't believe it either but what other explanation is there (laughs) my explanation is i wonder if she's woken up in a different reality at the end from the one that she was just in she, I don't know. I don't know. But the guy, but the, the boyfriend gives her this fucking evil but d- look. D- didn't the
1: comet destroy itself before she passed out?
0: I don't remember. Like, maybe. I think so. But but here's another thing. If you're the boyfriend, if you're that guy, let's let's play this game. Okay. If you're that guy and you get a phone call from your girlfriend and you're literally talking to her in person and then you get a phone call. My, my immediate reaction is going to be like, hey, it's you. Well, oh, no, I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, because I can do that. I- I've had that before. Not fair enough. What I'm saying is, would you believe the voice on the phone or the woman standing in front of you? Because the whatever she said on the phone, it was like two seconds long, and it convinced him. He mm. gave this look. To this woman standing in front of him, like, you're, you've, like, how? That's how? that's
1: actually a good point, too, yeah.
0: If I'm, okay, I'm talking to you right now. If you got a phone call from me, and, but I'm sitting in the room right now, you see that I'm not phoning you. You get a phone call from me on the phone and say, hey, that Ryan you're talking to, that's not me. Hmm. Would you believe the guy on the phone?
1: I think I'd start, like, getting close to you. It's like, oh, yeah, Ryan, I just need to talk to you a little close and, like, just start to look for Come inconsistencies. On. Like, Ryan, I believe you. Would you give this evil sure.
0: look to the one you're talking to, or would you be like, oh, fuck off, like it's a spam okay. like it's a scam will, or something? At the
1: very least, I wouldn't give you an evil look. I'd be playing it cool, like, hmm, what's going on here?
0: I don't know. Like, it, this it, is it, a well, movie where... I,
1: I, yeah, now that you're saying all this, it it's... It, yeah. Especially since he starts off so jovially when he gets the phone call and then immediately switches tracks after two seconds of talking.
0: Would you recommend coherence to people?
1: I would. I really enjoyed this film. Uh, being lost in the mystery is something that I always really enjoy. In this film, I had a good time being lost in it.
0: I, I recommend it. I would say it is good to know the limitations before you go in, because there are some people who... Get real weird about like lower budget movies. They get you know mm. like some of your friends, for instance, I can see be like that. Like if we said if we just said, "Hey, Oliver, we're going to have a movie night and we chuck this on," I can see him being very poo pooy about it. He was when we did a low budget horror movie for the for the mystery box. So I think I could believe that. Didn't we like Melodipart? Yeah, we liked it. He didn't. He liked it. He, he was more dumbfounded that we liked it as much as we did because we kept saying it's a movie for a song, Oh, right. right. And he's like, yeah, it was all right. (laughs) So in
1: the reality I'm from, he loved it.
0: In your reality. I recommend Coherence. It's a good time. The acting is actually pretty good. Uh, We didn't say too much about the acting, but I thought it was pretty good for the most part. Mm. You could tell that they're improvising, which, I don't know, kind of does lessen it a little bit. A
1: feature-length film that has improvisation can go a lot worse than this.
0: Oh, yeah professional improvisers fuck it up more than these guys. There was a trivia point about how a cast member is not an improviser and they were terrified of having to do that.
1: There was was another trivia point. It was like when some of them were coming back to the house, they had like a standoff at the door for like 45 minutes and the director had to step in. It's like, guys, just let them in and let the story progress because this is taking too long.
0: (laughs) That's cute. Now... It's my recommendation for the next film. Well, we already know what it is. Well, you don't, actually. It is, (laughs) if you say it, you don't think it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, I have a question for you. What's your recommendation for the next episode of Pictures Pow Whoa?
0: It's uh, Bye Bye Man. No, no, no. In all seriousness, it's not Bye Bye Man. That's for next year. Uh, Bye Bye. (laughs) Did you know the director of that film died? Um, Bye Bye Man. So there you go a couple years ago, I want to say. But uh, she also directed a Snoop Dogg horror film, so maybe we'll do that one on the podcast, a film with Snoop Dogg that's a horror movie. Uh, But my recommendation is actually kind of hilarious because we have mentioned this person without actually saying it out loud, which is, I want to do a George Romero movie next time on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And this is not one of his zombie movies, thankfully. I mean, if you recommended uh, you know, uh, his zombie affair, I would have been sweating, going, oh boy. In fact, if you, know, if you recommended a Romero, I was like, oh no, he's sideswiped me, because I have a Romero to recommend <laughs> It's a this good thing year. I looked up Coherence, then. And this is also a, a small-budget film, as often was the case with Romero's works. I'm going to go with his film called Martin. Which is his, uh, which is his take on a vampire story. Okay. Uh, for our convenience, this has, been, this has been uploaded in pretty good resolution on YouTube as is often the case with Romero movies they fall into weird copyright zones and so
1: yeah I think I bought my copy of Night of the Living Dead in a store at Oakley Central that was selling like public domain stuff and that's I think why it was there
0: Night of the Living Dead you can watch in its entirety on Wikipedia it's just included in this Wikipedia article
1: oh is it like Mm -hmm. oh a a clip from the film the whole film
0: (laughs) yeah because it's that's Publi- fun. It, Like it's in the public domain. Wow, I'm pretty sure. We should put a, uh, "It's a
1: Wonderful Life" on there. I also got that from that store.
0: There you go. But we will be talking about Martin, uh, which is an I can't remember what year it is. I want to say late seventies. It has a seventies aesthetic, nonetheless. But Ooh. Martin is the film of discussion, and so make sure to check it out. As I said, it's it's available on YouTube. But if you have other means to watch it, go ahead and do so. Uh, there's obviously physical media as well as digital uh, releases as well. Uh, but but that's, that's up to you, okay? So in the meantime, you can check us out on our social media pages. We are under there, under Spit and Polish Presents. We have been on, we are on all of the platforms for podcasting, including even YouTube. We get some lovely YouTube comments every now and then. So mm-hmm. if you're not following us on a podcasting platform, What should they do, Bartek? What should they do about that if they're not? Start. What was that? Start. I'm not playing a game right now, Bartek. What should they do?
1: Insert coin.
0: Ah, that's it. You should insert your coins. Game over. Game over, man. Game Uh, over.
1: You should start following us on all of those things, such as the YouTube, the formerly Twitter, Facebook... Uh, And you can even send us a direct email at spitandpolished at gmail.com in case you want to say words to us privately.
0: And if you're one of those freaks who uses Google Podcasts, well, you better enjoy it while it lasts, because I got a very upsetting email saying that Google Podcasts is going to be retired by the end of the year, it's going to be folded into YouTube music, because- YouTube is trying to get podcasts to happen. So, on YouTube creator pages, there's actually an option to create them for podcasts. Okay. Uh, but since they don't have their own separate podcast like feed or channel, they just put it into the music, like YouTube music. Because, you know, Bartek, when, I'm, when I want to hear my favorite song, I really want an hour long podcast to come up in the shuffle. Fucking brilliant.
1: (laughs) You know, literally just last night, I was re-watching a video from Folding Ideas, the one about Vidme. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And he talked about how on YouTube, like, people do want to, like, organize their series into, like, you know, shows or, like, Mm -hmm. more complicated than playlists, like, having actual full-on features like that. So, this sounds like, okay, we're going in that direction, but also it seems like YouTube kind of- yeah, annoyingly and also kind of fucks it up every time. So, of uh Coming soon, maybe
0: spit and polish to YouTube Music, maybe? I think we're already on there, buddy. Oh, I think we already got you, podcasts happening. And you can also find us on YouTube Music? Who knows, but Google Podcasts, RIP, at some point, that's the spooky part of this episode, was Google Podcasts dying. Ooh.
1: <laughs> you know, you can Google us on YouTube. Um, you can google us on Google and watch us or listen to us on somewhere else
0: like YouTube.
1: No, that's owned by Google. No. I meant like Podbean or Apple or Spotify, we're on that. Yeah. The Spanish one, are we still on that?
0: Yeah, we're on that we're on
1: iVox. Podbean, iVox, that's the name. iHeartRadio with the heart. That's how you know it's iHeartRadio. It's got a heart not it.